Welcome to episode 6 of Dissecting the Media. This is a podcast hosted by the heads of the Meera Manch Queens, the theater club at St. Meera's College for Girls. Each week one of us picks a piece of media that we want to talk about and dissect. This week we are talking about the 2017 Disney Pixar film Coco. Coco is the story of Miguel and his adventures in the land of the dead on Dia de los Muertos. He wishes to seek his great-great-grandfather's blessing in order to become a musician. However, he uncovers the mystery of Hector's sudden death, and it is here in the land of the dead that he learns the true meaning and value of family. Just a little content warning, we might talk about death and murder. in the episode Hi guys welcome to another episode of dissecting the media today i have my usual partners haleen hello and shreya hi so this week is my pick and today we will be talking about the 2017 disney pixar film coco So if you haven't watched the movie watch it it's amazing it's beautiful and it's highlighting a lot about the mexican culture and it's a very heartwarming story that you know it will keep you warm at night and it's also won two academy awards one for best animated film and one for best song that is remember me oh i love it and yeah that song is just amazing and uh, it's highlighting the story of a young boy named miguel on a particular uh, holiday uh, in mexico which is called dia de los muertos which is the day of the dead it is where people you know pay respects to their deceased family members and it's shown very beautifully in that picture you know like the walking skeletons even those walking skeletons look so beautiful absolutely uh, and also just to sort of really quickly interject um, we are doing we decided to do this episode this week because it was just the day of the dead on 2nd november and we were like what better to you know dissect uh, this week than coco exactly so here we are at coco today at coco so and it's you know i personally love this film because i first fell in love with the songs of the film like you have remember me but you also have other songs like un poco loco <laughs> and <laughs> um uh, uh, you know the song that mama imelda sings in the climax mm-hmm. la llorona oh my god yeah. it's just beautiful also fun fact la llorona is actually a ballad in mexican culture oh. it's about the story of a weeping woman who's searching for her dead kids in a river yes so it's not romantic like how it's shown by mama imelda yeah so i think you know what it's it, it kind of makes sense yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's a dead mother looking for her alive children 
no and also in that moment that she's singing it right she's singing it as a distraction she's looking for time for her great grandson right so it's it still kind of fits and then you have a uh, stupid ernesto coming in who has who's tone deaf and just starts dancing i'm like what are you doing i know but i think when you have that mexican music in the background when mama imelda is singing la llorona that kind of makes it a very oh so touching song yeah, you know and when you see she's singing la llorona and you have the strumming of the guitar in the background people in the audience are sitting down and they're enjoying and they're just watching her in awe it's like wow it's such a beautiful song she was sight to behold on the stage to be honest honestly yeah exactly and you did not I expect mean, her to start singing honest that that was the shock yeah, of the entire thing she just that mean, desperation she started family, singing the family members were like oh my god mama imelda just sung <laughs> because in the beginning of the film you see she has abandoned abandoned music ever since her husband left town santa cecilia and you know music has been a big no no in the rivera family mm-hmm. and they've always been into shoemaking like how miguel's dad said uh rivera is a shoemaker through and through yeah and miguel is the only kid in that family who's different who loves music and he is so much into ernesto de la cruz and that is just wow that's like yes you follow your dream yeah definitely uh and uh, also fun point of order uh, we have successfully uh you know sort of as uh have miguel's grandma hitting people who are you know trying to get her grandson into music yeah like please don't do that abolita don't do that he's a young boy don't do it to him please yeah as a fun point of order we have successfully started a discussion from the end of uh, the movie and made our way somehow <laughs> to the beginning which is hilarious <laughs> but just beautifully chaotic like so indicative of pr yeah. yeah i mean we can't get over coco yeah. i mean it's such a beautiful film also for the first time i'm the last person to watch coco of the three of us like usually <laughs> me who the like, oh my god guys have you watched this please watch this watch this watch this and i i i am the last person of the three of us to have watched coco I watched it in the lockdown because Harleen bugged me like the entirety of 2019 was just Harleen bugging me by singing Poco Loco. I should have to punch you. I'm your mother. I'm your mother. Oh, God. That song is very catchy. We can't help it. It's not even captured. The one line that hit that the the I listened to the whole song just for one line. Where should I put my shoes? She says, "Put them on your head." I'm like, "That's my mother. You sound like my mother." 
actually that song was written by hector for imelda mm-hmm. that makes sense like that track absolutely that track yeah. exactly and of course you know hector wrote remember me for coco so that is mm-hmm. something that makes you cry even you know maybe you'll reach your 50s or something yeah you'll still cry when you see miguel playing remember me to mama coco at the end and it yes. just it just melts your heart so much like you're hugging oh, the pillow for a cushion and you're just bawling your eyes out like Oh yeah, you know now that we've stuck, we've come to remember me the song. Let's kind of like stick to that for a bit. I I just want to um, you know share something really personal. My grandpa and I were having this conversation. Okay, I don't usually say this personal conversation. I'm going to reveal here. My grandpa and I were having a conversation, and um, we we were talking about death. Yeah, and he he said that. Um, your life depends so much on um the way you treat treat the people around you it depends so much on that and then i was like yeah of course you know i agreed with that i was like yes of course that's that's uh, that's completely true it does he said but no that it it's not just until the limit of your life it's not just until your subscription ends it's even afterwards because it is these people you treated with with kindness with goodness that actually keep you alive in your in in their mind mm. and which is why you know remember me is so beautiful it's it's almost like hector saying uh, you know i'm begging to coco please remember me man remember me you know and it's not just remember me for the sense of i'm going away now but but remember me when i until i come back it's almost yeah, like remember please remember me, me. yeah so that you know i can stay alive and see you someday yeah it's and like uh, funny, but in a very emotional way yeah and funnily enough it's it's such beautiful uh, social commentary here is people love to make everything about romance and that's what it ends up being when it's it's this pleading thing from a father to his daughter being like don't i'm going away don't forget me remember me even you know if i have to die one day and uh, the second ernesto gets it he's like oh romance yeah so somehow every song has to be about romance and nothing can be so true uh, open to interpretation and that is what bugs me the most like as a disney person it bugged me the most like all songs are not about romance please hey, there is no romance like a little lullaby also for coco for all i care yeah. and don't and just I... like lullaby for coco uh having it open to interpretation like however somebody wants to take it instead of slapping a mood over it and being like no this is what this is exactly no and ernesto just just stealing coco and hector song it is their song and he just freaking i don't know crushed that essence of the song under that goddamn guitar that belonged to hector i swear 
Although I've noticed this a lot in Disney Pixar films that if you uh, check out The Incredibles, you uh, check out Up, you check out Coco, the people whom you're idealizing, they are, you know, your biggest villains. <laughs> like if you check out The Incredibles, you have that little boy, Buddy, who's, you know, a super fan of Mr. Incredible, but when Mr. Incredible is like, I work alone, fly home, buddy. Buddy turns to syndrome. And mm. when you check up, you have Carl Fredrickson uh, being a huge fan of Charles Muntz. But when you see Charles Muntz being uh, so obsessed with hunting down Kevin, Carl is like, oh my god, I've, I've, I've been idolizing the wrong person my entire life. And when you check Coco, you see Miguel, Ernesto and Hector, ka, that conversation. And, you know, there's, a, there's one point in the movie where Miguel is like, no, you won't do anything like that. I mean, you won't murder Hector because you're the good guy, right? And then Ernesto is just looking at Miguel like, oh my God, my cover has been blown. And then he's like, security, throw him with Hector. <laughs> I mean, it is just so dark. It is. It's it so is. painful. It's it so is. dark. It's like this uh, subversion of genre uh, where it's just like you are expecting something to happen and the exact opposite of that happens like we're putting so much hope on you know Miguel finding Ernesto and getting to Ernesto only to find out that Ernesto was the villain all along yes and he had and been with his grandfather the whole time getting to know him a little bit better and exactly. creating this bond that you know he would never like have a friendly had bond him. yeah he would never have had the chance ever if this thing had not happened to him also uh, yeah. for our audience uh, we uh, spoil everything so uh, we have also spoiled up and uh, <laughs> exactly we spoiled up and the first incredible uh, deal with it <laughs> <laughs> please forgive us that wasn't my intention <laughs> listen we spoiled our own lives you think this podcast and movies are bad thing spoil everything yeah. <laughs> i mean i can't help it i just had to say it out loud absolutely i mean this Don't is a pattern this, this, is, this is a freaking pattern in yeah. every pixar movie i've watched <laughs> no and again it's about again choosing your idols choosing the people you you really um you really admire very wisely like choose them very because you see how just how much ernesto had influenced miguel he the, the very what the, the 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 turn of events later on were all motivated by um by this search for ernesto right True. I mean, whatever he turned into later on, that's that's that was heartbreaking. 
Because I was like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, I was just so glad that, um, you know, uh, Miguel finally has that big, big support in his family to, to prove to his family that, you know what, if I actually go out there, I can be like my great-grandfather, who he assumed to be Ernesto at that time. If Ernesto de la Cruz can make it huge, so can I with my music. And that was taken away from him by Ernesto itself, because Ernesto is... Of bleep. Yes, thank you for self censoring. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I think that also brings us to like a very important point is cognitive dissonance, which is basically you believe in one thing and, uh, you know, you then realize ki, oh my god, this is this this one this thing. This is not what I, I signed up for. Yeah. This one thing that I put so much faith and belief in is the exact opposite of what I thought it was. And the kind of battle that you go in your head with, do I still go, uh, you know, do I still believe in this thing? Because I've given so much of myself for it. You see that on Miguel's face when he realizes that it was Ernesto who murdered Hector and sort of uh, went to, because fame and power and money yeah yeah and 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 he saw he he you see it on his face that this this entire thing of his idol the person he is he thought he was going to be savior becoming the reason that he's not allowed to play music the sole reason that he's not allowed to play music because it all comes back to the fact that Hector did not make it back home and never wrote letters after a certain point because and nobody knew he died nobody knew what happened to him and that is why music became such a forbidden thing in in a miguel's family and him realizing that all of that happened because of his 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 soul idol like the one person he idolized more than anything was the one reason that all of these chain of events happened you know, and I and I feel like it's almost like I, I feel like Ernesto knew all along the truth that Miguel was not his grandchild. Yes, but he 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 played along. It was like I have a great great grandson, and then he just played along. Like okay, I have a great great grandson. He's come from the land of the living, and then he's showing off Miguel to his guests. And Miguel also, poor child, sweet child. He's like, okay, I'm playing along with my Papa Ernesto. I'm having a great time with him. Until you see that Hector makes him confess that you did this to me. And I just want to go home. And you know, you, you, you see the change of behavior and facial expressions on Ernesto. And it's like, like I said before, oh my God, my cover has been blown. And that is where his true colors are shown. Like Hector was my best friend, but success doesn't come for free. You have to do whatever it takes to seize your moment. Oh, and that was, that is a, that that was in a very dark way. Oh my God. (laughs) That was in such a dark way. 
and i was as shocked as nigel like oh, no you didn't that was that was a bad example of carpadian and that's the beauty of the yeah and that's the beauty of the film right in the beginning when you're when you're watching it you just kind of like yeah it's going the film is going to be uh, miguel's journey of reaching his uh, you know one of his ancestors and then it turns into this ernesto just flips and oh. and the next thing you know you don't care about the plot you just want to kill ernesto all over again with your bare hands Yeah, but then you see him being crushed Penny, by the giant bell. What? Karina said. I was uh, saying uh, that in the end, it was just the giant big bell crushing him again. Oh, that was so satisfying. So satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> I am not yeah. homicidal, dear listener. We are not. We are just very angry people. <laughs> absolutely and what i said herline was when you were like i you know i want to kill him with my bare hands all over again i was like throw him down penny come down he'll come <laughs> and if you don't get that yes, reference go watch, go watch okay julius you know what julius feels the last you know yes absolutely you know what we're talking about <laughs> we don't yeah. apologize for insults guys yeah true And again, now that we're talking about Julius Caesar, let's you know you had that etu brute moment with Hector and Ernesto. Oh yes, absolutely. You even have just the because toast. he wanted his song, mm-hmm. but you also have the toast. One last drink for the road. Yes, mm-hmm. and that toast—it's so freaking. It pissed me off. It was like. You know that toast is actually used in one of the movies he was in. Oh, and over there, that is the most. That guy is the hero and thing like, ever. Poison, and then he just punches the villain. Like, oh, the irony! Fully, oh, the irony! And you just, you're like, <laughs> oh my god, that is such bleepery! Oh my god, just so much bleeping, bleeping, bleeps. <laughs> you know by um by recreating that moment through film and changing that little end where you know Ernesto doesn't die in the film mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. in in the film within the film yeah, yeah. uh you <laughs> yeah it's 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 sort of Ernesto going like you know what I'm sorry for you but I'm different. <laughs> No, and I'm better than you. I could tell it was poison without even drinking it. Yes. <laughs> But also, sometimes I, mean, I feel like it's an admission of guilt. Like, if you had, of course, yeah, like you had to make an entire movie about it. That's how guilty you feel right now. Wow. Make an entire movie and make it, uh, make the hero, uh, you know, survive. Yeah. Number one, yeah. number two, make yourself the hero so that you victimize yourself. Yeah, absolutely. He yeah. and he, he just wants to victimize himself. And you become more famous. Feel guilty about what he did. Yeah. And you become more famous by doing that. Again, he uses Reveal. the dialogue. I would move heaven and earth for you, me amigo. And I'm yeah. like, please, don't, don't, 
don't make me come inside the screen and punch your bony face mm-hmm. <laughs> i've never hated yeah. someone so much <laughs> true i mean can you imagine coco must have been like still she might be a baby and imelda was you know still a new mom and hector wanted to go home and he killed him god that is really <laughs> too much of bleep 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 i'm sure again ernesto knew he knew that he is his best friend he knew that he has a family waiting for him at home absolutely he exactly he knew what price um, uh, hector had to pay to be there with his best friend and still he does the thing yeah absolutely like he's so selfish he's like no it's either my way or the highway literally and metaphorically i absolutely literally and metaphorically just this time the highway to death exactly and the most painful part was when you see um hector shivering you know mm-hmm. and you know that's like a sign that he's being forgotten yeah that But, is you know, it's so it's so indicative like the world is hungry for power and fame and money and somewhere along the way we end up forgetting people who are more <clears throat> important and who the people who have made you who you are like you just you do, you're not born out of nothing you're not born out of a void right so it's it's all always a network of things happening together it's you know uh people and places and things all with this like beautiful intermingling of situations and emotions that make you who you are but when you give a more importance to money and fame and reputation more than all of these things you see we we see what does end up happening like we see how alone ernesto like truly is is when they when you know the audience sees his true colors they turn on him in an instant and we see how fickle fame and all of these things are because you know they are not what lasts it's it's the people and the places and all of the things that we strive for so hard that is in the end permanent and i feel like with this sort of sentiment let's take a little bit of a water break and yeah come back thoda sa less angry hopefully and we'll talk about <laughs> other things yeah let's just go off screen and you know just curse ernesto to our hearts content and yes, then we'll come get back. all the bleeps out and then we don't have to <laughs> don't do that no don't just forget him exactly all you have to do Like just forget him says, exactly like the end says yeah. you know in on on his remember statue, me like, not you yeah forget you it's beautiful forget you exactly so let's forget ernesto uh, drink some water yeah. and come back uh, 
will be will be right we'll talk about the mexican culture that has been highlighted in the film absolutely we'll be right back don't go anywhere if you are enjoying the podcast so far and want to check out more stuff by the mira munch queens you can find us on youtube as mira munch queens and on instagram at the skittish scroll we recently released our play who killed julius u celestino you can check that and all our previous work out on youtube welcome, welcome back. back yes so now we are back from our water break and before leaving we said that we'll talk about a little of on the mexican culture that has been highlighted in coco so like i said before la llorona is actually a mexican ballad which is very horrific compared to how it's shown very beautifully in the film and of course we have dia de los muertos which is a mexican holiday which on which the entire film is based on it is somewhat like halloween where you have people paying respects to the deceased family members and that is how you have uh, the ofrenda or the offerings that are placed on the family altar or the gravestones and of course the mariachi band and the music and everything it's just very colorful so what do you guys have to say on dia de los muertos or la llorona or anything you know it's again in the previous um just before the break we we discussed how important it is to remember the dead exactly and, and i i i'm just glad that um the we have in many cultures a specific day for the entire world to um commemorate the dead uh to remember everyone who who have died i mean sure we don't know what happens afterwards we don't know um uh, where does a person go we don't know uh, you know what happens to them but i i feel like days like these uh, even uh, you know things like death anniversaries or funerals press services that you do for the love, for your uh, you know dead loved ones all of these are very um are, are very calming to the living soul it's it's almost like um days like these are days for everyone to come together to um to to come together and and have have something have a common ground to celebrate uh, literally and uh, you know metaphorically and it's it's a day where you're happy you're uh, you're in the company of the people that you love and i think that's a very beautiful tradition you know to um uh, to to treat your um, the people who even aren't here today to treat them like they are because they they actually are they are there here in our hearts they will remain there for as long as this heart is alive and 
it's i i think the tradition of uh, you know the day of the dead is beautiful beautiful absolutely you know like you said uh, to believe that uh, you know they the dead will be able to cross that barrier that holds the two worlds apart on this one day you know and be walk amongst us as if they are here is so you know it it's it's cathartic it's it's knowing because you know somebody might be alone in this world right so knowing that you know regardless of whether uh you know i have somebody like i have family every day uh on this one day you know whoever i've lost will come back to me you know it's 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 beautiful and it's it has a really warm sentimental root i mean i i completely agree i it's it's almost like it it it's of course it it you know losing that person was um very hard you just accepting the fact that you might not see them the way you used to in, in the flesh um is is very hard to cope with and then days like these traditions like these just sort of um you know are cathartic to the soul because you you sort of believe that it's not truly gone there are ways in which they can cross a barrier and come to us where the the hardest thing is to just cross past a barrier and and also um it's it's like a two way thing right them crossing the barrier to come back to us and us remembering them for them being able to cross the barrier so it's i think it's a beautiful you know a beautiful tradition it's so sweet yeah and um it's also like what how coco says it was they want to come to see us mm. right it's they want that and yeah. you know sometimes we end up feeling unwanted and unloved but to know mm. that somebody who's not even here in the flesh anymore wants to come back to see us on this one day and will if we remember them and all we have to do is remember them that's it that's all that's keeping them alive like keeping them being able to come back to us it's it's a beautiful and yeah also i want to point out what halim said when you have these funerals death anniversaries or you know when these prayers are held you know to honor the dead and you have your families coming in it's so i don't know how to put it painful or ironic that these are the times where you actually come together as a family that's the thing right karina um days like these aren't meant uh, at least in my opinion for you to mourn days like these are to celebrate there's a reason why you call it a death anniversary it's uh, it's it's like like a wedding anniversary almost 
you call it a wedding anniversary a birth anniversary similarly the, uh, the death anniversary doesn't have to be entirely sad exactly your day where you come together to celebrate a person's life what they meant to you the memories that you have made with that person to just remember that for the good and the bad that they were and they did and to celebrate them because you know they were part of our life and they were there in the flesh they were they were right they they had an impact on on that on on the lives of everyone who were there over there who are there to celebrate on that day which is why uh, even you know as you said in the in the mexican culture the day of the dead is is more of a celebration where you have fair festivals and and um, you know all those things where where there's music and there's games and there's food and there's dancing and it's 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 a celebration rather than exactly. you know you, you feeling like complete funeral mass or anything it's like oh it's a happy day exactly and everybody is excited about it and you even have people wearing masks of skeletons or you know dressing up as skeletons and you know like i said it's like halloween i think more than halloween that day is about honoring the dead because halloween is fully being made into this like horror thing which is bad horror theme and candy thing yeah, yeah yeah bad things happen and stuff like that but um I'm sorry to cut you off all supernatural fans know what halloween is about if you if you uh, gone past season 4 <laughs> you know <laughs> But yeah, but I think it's also subverting the societal expectations that people should be grieved in a certain way, right? Because you wouldn't uh, necessarily, uh, you know, grieve somebody or celebrate a dead person by by celebrating, right? We we our ideas of you know honoring dead people is. you know by being quiet and humble and being all hush hush about it never really addressing that but by the means of uh you know the day of the dead you are even little kids you are telling little kids and you are making the idea of death something that's so normal and natural that that ends up happening anyway instead of this big bad scary wolf that's going to come get you one day it's something it's a natural process of life that gets everybody it's sad but also today we honor these people and i think that is the most beautiful thing and a beautiful lesson to take from that because it's it's honoring them it's it's doing them a service by celebrating their life rather than being sad because i think being happy takes more energy for, like being happy for somebody who's not here takes more energy from the person who is because of course the memories are painful but they're also beautiful and we can't negate those two sort of binaries that exist within this one uh day and that's what makes i think the entire concept and idea of celebrating the day of the dead so beautiful exactly and also i i don't want to be like a party pooper but um 
days like these are um we we let's let's accept it we're all afraid of what of of not knowing what's going to come we're all afraid of that we're all afraid of even if we're not afraid we're all at least a little apprehensive we're a little doubtful we we some people you know are are sort of anxious about it some people are excited to know what happens after that after that one final thing of death we don't know whether we just cease to exist where there's nothing after that we don't know whether there is another whole other beginning you know we don't know whether death is the end or the Seven beginning of another end we 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 really don't know that and i feel like um, believing that um, the people who have already passed that that veil can come back is is almost like telling yourself that you know what it's okay one day i'm going to be there and i can come back i can always come back and and i feel like again it's it's very uh, cathartic it it takes away a bit of the anxiety attached to the to the uncertainty of death and exactly and you know it is i think after coco i'm always imagining that okay this is what death might be like for those who have passed on like they might you know be wearing these you know fancy hairdos or dresses or something they'll have that skeleton makeup and all and they'll have a completely entire world of their own exactly and that the life force of these skeletons is just memories that you've mm-hmm. had with that particular person it is also again um knowing that you are still connected to that person that um your memory you act your act of uh, of remembering that person of keeping that person in your mind is 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 the reason why they are still there out there so it still um it it still maintains a connection between you and that person where you are responsible for remembering them while they continue to exist because you remember them and they come back once in a while once every year and you know they are there with you and the connection is still there it's not like your com- it's not like death completely severs your uh, relationship with someone so that's why i just feel all i i will always you know be an advocate to this uh, this notion that um days like these festivals uh, which commemorate the dead the days uh, you know people uh, subjectively uh, you know celebrate like death anniversaries and stuff to commemorate their own dead loved ones it's all for the living because it's it's just at the end it gives you so much peace to know that you still that what you do here is st- does still have an effect on the person that is out there somewhere where you don't even know but they're still there and you still have that connection the relationship is is has been maintained and it's not over that is not final yeah
and i think that is a beautiful hope to have right that perhaps that death is not final mm. yes it can be it can be a twisted into a very bad thing <laughs> that yeah. will that is the final mm. thing. it's not the end but, but it's also remember our theory of uh, i know i came in beach mein uh, but do you remember our theory of seven minutes that you know uh, yeah by your dying you know your brain you there are 7 minutes before you your brain dies out and it sort of it's 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 like a life it lives and perhaps you are already dead and this life that you are experiencing right now is those 7 minutes mm-hmm. and yeah that's like that's what the scientists say like your entire life has been you know showed to you in that me or seven minutes yeah and it's it's an infinite loop because maybe and then when you die in those seven minutes your brain will have another seven minutes in that seven minutes to also have re-experience those seven minutes of life and you'll experience your life again in those seven minutes and then other seven minutes and then more seven minutes and seven minutes within those seven minutes within those seven minutes and it's an infinite loop so you don't really know whether you're really dead or whether you're just the final 7 minutes of your own brain you know that's the thing i um, i mean that theory that we you know spoke about was like 2019 that's like eons ago <laughs> <laughs> but um i i just sort of now uh, it it's some it's a similar uh, you know it's it's along similar lines but a little different um i i recently read this book uh, the haunting of hill house uh, and it's um in in it there's a very beautiful thing said ke um our the moments that we live we we all assume that they are um they are like either a line with a with a start and an end or a circle as shreya said an infinite or or an infinite loop but they could be these um these moments that fall all around us like raindrops or or, or snow and you're alive in each and every one of them mm. and the thing is this kind of rain doesn't stop you're just living uh you know moments moment after moment after moment after moment after moment and it's not like a domino it's just happening all around you and um somewhere i am already living my death in one raindrop and another raindrop i'm sitting here and talking about uh you know this I'm talking about the raindrops and then in another raindrop i'm being born in another raindrop you know i'm still 5 years old it's it's all you know and you don't really know that you're dead i mean that's why yeah. i said that it's along the same lines you don't really know that you're dead yeah. but you're not really dead you're never really dead yeah nobody is ever really dead if you really want one more like theory around death um i would suggest you go watch uh, the good place because that is another uh, thing that really gives you makes you question your life choices and the life that we live and the meaning of life and what is beyond this life uh 
in short it'll give you kind of an existential crisis but it's beautiful and yeah but i feel like this entire conversation gave everybody an existential crisis right now because to question yes. self like but i think get... this existential crisis was in a very good way yeah 100% i mean you get the feeling that okay i am not an immortal being and you're not having the existential crisis alone you have these three idiots here who are having the existential crisis along with you so i mean it's fine yeah nothing in this world is mortal yeah absolutely and uh, i think we have very uh, naturally come to a sort of conclusion yeah. here uh yeah or have we like is this really going to end i'm kidding it is <laughs> i mean for now this podcast is going to end but this this podcast is linear yeah this podcast is a linear domino start to finish no loop no end drops nothing <laughs> this podcast is going to end hey no this yes. podcast is not linear it loops may come next week next week we have something else in store for you Oh, then yeah. let me correct myself. The next pod, this podcast episode. Yeah, yeah. This episode, this episode is linear. This episode. Yeah, but we'll keep coming yeah. back to you. Not to worry. Until then, stay tuned to remember me. Oh, I have to say goodbye. Remember me. Remember me. Yes, yeah. we hold you in our hearts. Okay, even though we're far away. मीडिया If you have any suggestions on any specific piece of media be it films tv shows books or even songs that you want to see us dissect next send us your pics on instagram